What is up, everybody? You are listening to the Austin Uncensored Podcast. My name is Austin Buckner, and uh, this is the first official podcast. It was supposed to start in uh, November, but we're starting now because this is uh, uh, the topic that we have tonight is kind of a controversial um internationally known uh, topic that's kind of timely. So uh, we got two of my very good friends with me, uh, Callie Price, fellow Hello. journalist, and a uh, friend of the podcast, Bailey Phillips. Hey. And um, if you don't know what we're talking about by now, uh, you're either living under a rock or you just don't pay attention to uh, internationally known news. Uh, we are talking about um, the sexual abuse I don't want to call it a case because the case, been stru- case has been dropped. So, um, scandal, I guess you could say, uh, in Maryville, Missouri. Um, if you haven't read up about it, definitely go find the uh, article on KansasCity.com. Just type in Maryville, Missouri. It's the first thing that pops up. Actually, if you type in Maryville, Missouri on Google or any website, it's the first thing that comes up. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much talking about uh, a case that happened, it would have been last year, 2012, um, in April. And... Um, uh, a 14-year-old girl at the time um, was having a, a sleepover and uh, drinking alcohol, uh, whatever. The whole, the Cliff Notes version of this is that uh, a 14-year-old girl and a 13-year-old girl apparently got uh, sexually abused, and um, for whatever reason, the case got thrown out, and and now anonymous is involved trying to uh, dig up records, dig up uh, video footage that is apparently out there. Um, so it's just kind of a uh, it's kind of a, a bad deal, uh, any way you look at it, whether you're, um, you believe that this Michael Barnett is guilty or if you believe that um, uh, the girl is making the whole thing up. It's a bad deal all the way around. Um, but we're not here to talk about that because speculation is run rampant and every radio station you listen to, every TV station you listen to, uh, it's all over. It's on CNN, uh, Australian newspapers, American Al Jazeera. Uh, so it's really all over. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about because we're not here to speculate. Uh, two of us are journalists and the other one is a very bright person as well. Uh, so there's no reason to speculate on all that. What we're here to talk about is... Um, Bailey and I are from small towns, and I actually grew up in Greenfield, Iowa, uh, which has its own kind of sexual assault scandal uh, with the wrestling team and uh, holding down one of their teammates and sodomizing him with a jump rope. So uh, and we'll get into that as well. What's up, Greenfield? How you doing? Uh, so we're here to talk about that, but we also want to talk about small towns because it seemed like in Maryville, after this whole thing happened, uh, there was a very uh, click mentality between um, what... I call the townies, the people that grew up in Maryville, and then um, uh, th- this group, this family, um, the alleged victims. Um, they were out of towners. They were they were newcomers, um, and and so they felt like they got ran out of town by the the, the townies, the people that had been there the longest. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, the pros and cons of of small town life, and and what that can be like after a scandal. Um, First and foremost, not even in a scandal, but in in China where you grew up, was there that click mentality um, where obviously everyone knew everyone, but it was it um, in different sections like it is? It seemed like in Maryville. Well, China is so small that it's hard to um, say that there was any kind of clicks or anything like that. Where you know you've got your rich people and your your poor people. I mean, there it, it was very um, just average have your average joes that lived there um but i mean it it's not to say we didn't have our scandals every now and again because trust me we did and when we did it was everywhere and everyone heard about it and 
it was, um, it, it gets pretty intense. So, yeah. And I think that's what's different about this happening in a small town like Maryville, which is just at around 10,000, uh, than it happening in, say, Chicago, New York, L.A., is that it doesn't just affect the people that are involved with it. It affects the entire town. Like I said, everybody knows everybody. Uh, going back to what happened in Greenfield, again, the Cliff Notes version of that, there is a ton of literature that you can read about it, news articles, that sort of thing. Um, KCCI.com out of Des Moines had um, their their camera crew and and, and then their reporters down there too. Um, so you can find a ton of uh, information on that. But it was the uh, winter of 2011. So I still would have been in Creston, Iowa as a journalist there. And I had to report the story in my hometown. Um, but uh, what happened in Greenfield was uh, allegedly a... Uh, a group of wrestlers, um, but really two took the took the fall. Um, held down a, a fellow teammate for uh, missing practice or not pulling his weight or, or whatever, and um, used the uh, handle of a jump rope that uh, I had heard or in, in news articles said was was lubed up with Icy Hot and sodomized one of their teammates um, for whatever reason. And so what happened, and what has always happened, but even before that, is in the winter, um, Nottoway Valley, the school district that serves Greenfield, Bridgewater, Fontenelle, Iowa, in the southwest corner of the state, um, the basketball team is very, very good. The wrestling team has always been very, very good. So you have these families that support basketball because almost every male athlete goes out for one of the two sports. Um so you have these families that support basketball, and then you have these families that support wrestling, and they never really coincide. You never really see a wrestling family at a basketball game. You never really see a basketball family at a wrestling meet, just the way it is. So when this happened, um, there was a lot of the same victim blaming that you saw in Maryville, where, oh, she's a slut. Uh, she's just making this shit up to get back at the guy that, that didn't want her. Or you had the people, uh, maybe, maybe even the outsiders or the people that really don't know Maryville too much at all. And you have, uh, you have them like, oh yeah, he's, he's guilty because Michael Barnett is the grandson of Rex Barnett, who is a, uh, on the Missouri Congress. So you have that kind of victim blaming. You had the same thing in, in Greenfield where, um, you know, well, the wrestling team's always just been rough on their teammates because we want to be the best. And you had the people who never really did anything with wrestling, never really had um, any any ties to wrestling, and they didn't quite understand the mentality, so to say. Um, you saw that at school board meetings. You saw that out in public. Um, so there was that kind of click uh, there. You, Callie, coming from a big town uh, like the north part of Kansas City, um, did you see those kind of clicks in a, in a larger school district? Uh, I guess I would say that, yeah, there were cliques within the school district, but my school had a population of, like, 1,500 kids. So I had the families into that, and just in my school community, there are a ton of people. So uh, scandals could kind of go a little more unnoticed, I would say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even when scandals happen in other parts of Kansas City, we really wouldn't hear too much about it, I would I would say. Yeah, that's, I mean, going back to that thing, it was it affected the whole community because I mean, everybody knows everybody. But um, no, I don't. I don't know. When I first uh, read the story, obviously going to Northwest Missouri State, where where Maryville was, um, I just thought it was silly that I saw so many alumni and, and students that still go there. They're like, well, I I just thought I knew Maryville. I just thought I knew the town. And my first reaction was, did you really? Um, because there's <laughs> really because there's such a uh, disconnect between. 
the university and and the actual town and i'm i'm sure it was the same way um in in kirksville where truman state university is um where this is the same almost the same size town about 10,000 people and um you do your thing with the university you do your thing with the bars but you don't really um become a member of the actual like kirksville community all i can say is people should know by now that anything can happen anywhere anytime mm-hmm. that doesn't exclude your town you know like People are how people are, and sometimes they just hide it better than others. So to say that something like that, you know, couldn't happen in your town, and then the way people reacted couldn't mm-hmm. happen. I mean, that's just, to me, that's just people being ignorant and not thinking, you know, what what could really happen and how people react to things. So well, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and going back to what you said, Austin, about the... Um the disconnect between the town and the university. I know that the university employs a lot of townies, so you would say, but uh, outside of the university culture, there really is like quite a bit of a disconnect, and there are still the traditional townies that think that having the university there is a big distraction and it takes away from the town. Um, so I definitely can see what you're saying with the disconnect. I think I was lucky enough in, in Maryville, and it has a lot to do with the football team, but um, the Maryville community is very supportive of Northwest Missouri State. You see a lot of people in the community that you see at, uh, you know, Hy-Vee on Sundays for breakfast or whatever, and they come to the football games and, and they come to, um, like, the school musicals or um, the school programs, whatever, um, and, and just they, they support anything that's going on in the community. You know, if we have a distinguished lecture series um, for for example, the founder of Tom Shoes came. A lot of people in the community came out to that. So you see a lot of community support there. But at the same time, the university students don't really get involved uh, with the community as much as, as I think they should or or um, that they probably think they did. Um, I, I made a funny – I'm probably not funny, but kind of a, a dickhead comment on um, on Facebook that was like, just because you got drunk more often in that city – doesn't make it any more special than your hometown or any other small town in Missouri or any other large city in, in, in anywhere in the country for that matter. Um, but just because you went to the, the bars and you hung out on, on campus that was in that city, uh, doesn't mean that you, you were a member of that, that community. Um, I'm sure no one, uh, very few students could tell you who the mayor of Maryville was during their time there, um, or who sat on the city council. I, I'm, very few students, I'm sure, went to uh, attended a church in that community or, or what have you, or really got involved, uh, went to a high school football game or, or something, really tried to get in and, and involve themselves with the community. Um, so that sentiment right there just uh, was was awkward to me um, to say that they really understood the city and, and thought that they knew the city better than that. And like you said, it can happen anywhere uh, at, at any time. I'm sure there's a ton of people in my city that didn't, or my hometown, I can't really call it a city, um, 1,800 people, it's not a city. But um, to, to say that it couldn't happen, we thought we knew Greenfield better than that, um, can happen anywhere at, at any time, so... Well, it's just like there was an incident, and this wasn't too long ago, and it doesn't have anything to do with um, sexual assault or anything like that. But it was about, I guess, a year ago. There was a young girl who happened to be my neighbor growing up. Uh, She was a bit younger than me, but she, um, I guess they're calling it suicide. She committed suicide, overdosed on pills, something like that. And let me tell you, the whole town felt it. And, I mean, that was 
I mean, and I'm sure they're still feeling it, but just, you know, not as severe. But that rocked the whole entire community, like not just the town, the entire community. And I think that the thing in Maryville that's happening right now is, you know, it's it's like you said earlier, it's on CNN. It's it's rocking the nation and people are feeling it everywhere. And I just I, I just can't even like comprehend just how awful I think it is. It's just. I want to go back and, and go through some of the, the facts of the story, and I know we all three read the story just today. Um, but a, a lot of the, um, I don't know, a lot of the controversy or a lot of the questions uh, surrounding the story comes from um, the fact that the, the two girls were intoxicated and, and then forced sex, whatever. Um, and then there's the, the people that are like, well, they were already drinking at their own sleepover. Or whatever, and and it's more of a parental negligence than than anything else. And I was wondering what you guys thought about about that point. Well, honestly, I feel like drinking or no drinking, consent is a main issue. And if that person didn't, you know, those two girls, whether they were drinking, whether they weren't drinking, I don't honestly, I don't think that matters in my opinion because those high school boys who were there at that house that those girls went to, you know, they, if, if someone said no, someone said no. Drinking or no drinking, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If they said no, it's a no. Or if they were too, if they were, I guess, too drunk, then, I mean, to even respond at all or passed out, blackout drunk, then you take that as a no and you don't pursue, you know, in sexual contact. You just don't do it. And, I think drinking aside, you just, if someone says no, they say no. And that's my opinion. I can definitely agree with that. Uh, Another thing to add to the situation is the age. I know, thinking back to myself at age 13 and 14, of course I thought I was extremely mature and could uh, make uh, some knowledgeable decisions based on my own experience. But if I had ever been presented with a situation like that, I mean, how how can a 13 or 14-year-old possibly know what they're even getting into, is my question. I mean, it said that the 14-year-old, she was wanting to be popular, you know, she'd finally found her way in high school and was starting to make friends, but being in a peer-pressured situation like that, how, how can you possibly know the ramifications of what's going to happen? Right. Oh, I, I, I agree, and... Um... Yeah, I think there was a lot of comments that was, well, what is a, a seven or, you know, two 17 year old football players doing hanging out with 14 or 13 year olds? But at the same time, I mean, it's, it's a freshman or it's a, it's a senior hanging out with, you know, a freshman. So I didn't, uh, really see the problem in, in that. And I mean, for me personally, I'm 24, I'll be 25 in March and I, I'm dating someone that just turned 22. Um, so, I mean, that's the same age difference. I didn't really see the problem in that. It all really comes down to the consent and that whole that whole muddy situation. Um, I think the whole consent thing just really uh, – it's just muddy because, you know, no one really knows what happened there except for the people that um, were there. And, and now that the, uh, the case has uh, apparently been closed by the, the prosecuting attorney um, – you know, we, I mean, we may never know, uh, exactly what happened. Um, 
But the other really muddy thing, and and I've, I got all of this information from the most unlikely of sources, which was the Church of Laszlo on uh, the Buzz. Um, they were talking to a, a reporter, a journalist from uh, the St. Joe News Press, and uh, he was talking about how, um, and I cannot think of the other boy's name, and I'm sorry, I just read the story, but the one that wasn't Michael Barnett, the one that... Uh, Zach? Right. Zach or yeah. Zach? Yeah. I think it was Zach. Zach. Um, but he, he apparently videotaped um, some sort of incident and, and told authorities, and going back in the story, um, how I understand it is within four hours of them finding... Um, the girl, the 14 year old on her, you know, front lawn, uh, almost naked, 30 degree weather, basically left for dead. Some people say, um, in the, in the four hours from her being, uh, found by her mother, uh, in four, in four hours time, basically, uh, all of the, the alleged rapists were all, um, corralled up by local authorities and questioned and, and in custody. Um, and he let them know, he let that Zach or whatever, let authorities know that he had videotaped the thing, had been very cooperative. Um, so it's my understanding that if he let them know that there was a video, that the, the video was in the possession of authorities or they had a copy of the video or something. Um, it was said that all of that was sealed information, though, after the fact of everything. Like, right. They put it all away, and it's it's like it didn't matter that yeah, and they the pros- even had that evidence. And the prosecuting attorney, um, after the Kansas City Star story came out, said, you know, there's a lot of allegations, a lot of things said about me that aren't true. Um, if you would have known the things that I did, in, um, then, then you would have known that there was no way to prosecute. But that, I mean, that seems like if there is a video – and it, it's sealed or it's lost or, or whatever authorities want to uh, say, whatever uh, verbiage they want to use for that. It just seems like there's something that's not being uh, uh, released to the public or the media or, or what have you. Um, well, it's, a, it's it sounds like it's basically just a town cover-up. There's, yeah. Because, you know, all those families, you know, have – they're apparently – um, higher ups, except mm-hmm. for the you know uh, the Coleman family, mm-hmm. which is you know who it happened to, and then the other family from Albany. But all those big name people, you know, practically run the town, and it seems to me like it just oh well, this footage you know isn't reliable or but right. it's it, but it's video. It is a video of the incident itself, and it seems like to me you could tell by that video whether things were consensual or whether they weren't consensual or if this girl is blackout passed out drunk and is being taken advantage of mm-hmm. either way it's you know you'd be able to tell by a videotape and to say that the video is lost or it's it's sealed or whatever that's just mind-blowing to me exactly and i remember I think, at least, I remember in the article the guy saying that he had taken it on, like, an iPhone or some kind of smartphone. And, I mean, people may debate the reliability or the clarity of videos, but, I mean, it's generally assumed that they're going to be pretty good quality videos. And, I mean, it's pretty hard to say that, you know, it's it's questionable whether or not the people in that video are really, you know. Right. And I think it said somewhere in the article, too, that... Uh, someone said, oh, well, it just looked like they were dry humping or, yeah. or, it, and then another person said, oh, it looked like they had their pants down. It's like, well, did they or didn't they? It's a video. 
And then you I, should be able to tell that. I think didn't the sheriff later on in the article say that um, there was no video or that the video had never been submitted to them, even though the brother of the 14-year-old girl said that it had been passed around school like that week and everyone was talking about See, it? See, that's <laughs> what I can't wrap my head around because um, the prosecuting attorney in in a press release that he, he released to the media after this whole thing happened, um, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, um, Today's only Wednesday, so it would have been Monday. Um, but uh, he basically said that, like, you know, there wasn't enough information to um, to convict anyone or, or to press charges. Um, but at the same time, it sounded like that other uh, other football player, other seventeen year old Zach, I think his name is. Um, he he admitted that the thirteen year old said no, and he continued. So I, I feel like there's a confession of, of guilt right there. I feel like yeah. there's something there. Well, and there's yeah. also the fact that, okay, so the woman, or Melinda, uh, Daisy's mom, mm-hmm. finds her scratching at her door, you know, 30 degree weather, brings her inside to give her a bath, finds evidence of a struggle, of, you know, redness mm-hmm. around, you know, her genital area and things like that. So that was the initial, you know, she saw that, took her to the doctor, and the doctor even sounded surprised by what I thought in the article that there were no charges being made. Because obviously, if I feel like if the doctor thinks that something happened, then, you know, probably something happened mm-hmm. that was not consensual. And that, you know, and just like you said, with the whole the guilt, that one kid, you know, saying that things happened and then the rest of them you know, whether they denied it or whether they didn't, whatever. It's just all of that seems to have just blown out the window and nothing matters. It's is what it seems like to me. Yeah. My, my issue with the whole thing, uh, jumping ahead in in the story a year and a half now is, um, the Coleman's house mysteriously burning to the ground. Uh, if nothing happened, um, then, then Maryville, uh, exists in this bubble where a series of unfortunate events can happen and uh they're all disconnected to uh, her abandoned house like she was not even living there her house that she was not even living in burned to the ground now tell me how that happens yeah i know we we can all speculate i'm not and then there's the other side of it where and i'm not saying that he's guilty i'm not saying he's innocent i have no idea it's all speculation uh but at the same time the um, anonymous gets involved and then there's social media blow up uh if you go on yelp and and type in ang which is the restaurant that i believe his parents own um there's a bunch of like nasty reviews like I came for the the seafood or whatever, and uh, I got the rape special instead. Just a bunch of like really bad, yeah, I know it, it is funny, but uh, there are a lot of bad, um, a lot of like, yeah, a lot of bad reviews, a lot of things like that. And then if you go to uh, this, Michael Barnett apparently goes to the University of Central Missouri. If you go to their uh, website, anything that's been posted in like the last two weeks has a comment from somebody about like, you know, how could you let a rapist enroll? Uh, when are you going to do a lecture on rape culture? Um, which he's not a convicted felon. There was no charges. I understand that. Um, I don't think that the university of central Missouri, just for allowing a student to, uh, enroll, um, should take any of the fault for that. Didn't it have some kind of, um, meaning that like, I mean, he was 17 at the time. So it's like, I mean, I know that the young, you know, the young girl was a minor, but mm-hmm. is, aren't they saying in the article that, you know, it 
some of it was because he was under 21 or something like that. I'm not sure um, what yeah. I read about I that. I remember that, too. The state laws are, are a little weird. Um, it, it all com- really comes down, uh, in in my opinion, or how I understand it anyways, it all comes down to the alcohol and, and her uh, her being impaired and, and not being able to con- consent because uh, two sober consenting teenagers, uh, as far as I understand it, uh, She's 14. He has to be older than 21 for it to be right, okay. um, statutory rape. Uh, that's how I understand it. And I haven't really lived in uh, Missouri long enough to understand um, all of the laws that come with that because every state's different, obviously. I think at 18, even, he would have been classified as a sex offender because I think... I think at 21 at it was a Class C felony. 18, you're considered an adult in Missouri. Yes. You can buy cigarettes. You know, you can do all that. You, so I think he could have been tried as an adult and sure. yeah. probably classified as a sex offender because of the age difference. But it didn't but, go anywhere. So Right. Sure. And um, and listening to um, the buzz, just like you said, it didn't go anywhere. Um, the reporter from the St. Joe News Press just basically said, um, you know, I'm not sure if the case will be reopened, but uh, when we heard that it was being thrown out, I mean, we, we pretty much just threw away our, our materials and said, I guess that's the end of it. Um, so, you know, who knows, uh, you know, with this uh, traditional media and social media attention, there may be something that comes of it. You know, who knows? There might not be. Um, but there, there's there's a definite outrage. There's no no question about that. So. But, uh, the, the sad thing is that things like this probably happen in a lot of small towns, and our justice system is just so skewed. And that, oh, of course, people in like in powerful positions, whether it's a small town, a big town, you know, they have they have pull and influence in the justice system. And uh, as a justice systems minor from Truman State University, you know, I should, I mean, having studied it, I should have more faith in the justice system than what I do. But it's it is completely tarnished. And uh, they talk about how, you know, they've tried to, thro- tried to throw out corruption and whatnot, but it's it's definitely there, and this case is definitely a, a living proof of it. There's just something in this whole story. You know, things just don't add up. That's the main thing here is things don't add up. And when things don't add up, then usually there's either withholding of evidence or something not being said or someone's lying and i feel like if the story doesn't add up completely then you should investigate it until you know exactly what happens and until there is a definite answer in my opinion that's what should happen and that's what well that's what should have happened that's just, I mean, no question. Sure. And I completely agree. I think the whole, and again, this is all speculation, and I know as a journalist I'm not supposed to, but it's my podcast. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I think the what it all comes down to is uh, the house burning down, the fact that Melinda Coleman, Daisy's mother, was uh, allegedly forced out of her job or fired from her job at a lo- local veterinary uh, Which clinic. Which she has on record. Right. Like, she recorded so, that conversation. Right. It just seems like... Uh, the the town kind of circled the wagons and 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 made it very clear that um they were not these welcome. people were no longer welcome in in their town um just because one girl claims that the football star raped her yeah you know and and yeah. I, it's it's just sad for the i mean it's sad for both families don't get me wrong but it is sad for the Coleman family um well, moving plus, from Albany yeah. uh, to Maryville because after of the death, death of their of uh, Daisy's father in a car accident, um, where when where Daisy was it was in that accident as well. So I just uh, 
just sad all the way around, but but definitely for that that Coleman family that that moved to Maryville trying to to Move make on. a new life for themselves, yeah, and make new friends, and then this and this now Daisy is completely scarred. Like I read through um, the article again, and it said that you know she's been in a girl's town. She's you know she's gone through so much since this whole incident happened. She attempted and suicide twice. Twice, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and it's like. I, it's just all kinds of sad and the thought of you know i i feel i mean and this is my opinion you know of course it's you know all speculation whatever but in my opinion something happened to that little girl something happened what whoever it was i don't care whatever it just something happened to that little girl and she's not being helped because her offender isn't isn't coming to justice and i feel like that would help her move on more too she's getting no closure no closure and so now she's just you know little 13 year old girl or 14 year old girl something like that happens to you it's going to be hard enough to get over let alone whenever nothing happens about it it's just it's just a sad deal and that's too bad another thing that bothers me about this situation is and I know we're not supposed to assume guilt or whatever, but honestly, if they were not guilty of the crime, do you, I mean, they were completely silent. They refused comment, you know. I feel like if someone was not guilty of such a heinous crime, they would be trying their damnedest to say, hey, I didn't do this. And they didn't, they just sat back and did nothing. It's because mommy and daddy was going to take care of it for him, it sounds like to me. And that that's just, just crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, mommy and daddy have up. their connections, and so... And how I understood it, uh, just listening to um, some of the reports on the radio, TV, it, I mean, it's all over. So uh, how I understood it is is uh, Daisy and, and the other girl also uh, uh, enacted their fifth um, amendment rights to not testify uh, about the case as well, which I can't really wrap my head around uh, why you would give up your, your or why you would enact your Fifth Amendment right and, and then um, once the case is dropped, then go on national television and, and then go well, on that. How I understood it, just, it in the article is that they um, they were planning on testifying and then they heard rumors of the charges being dropped and then okay. They weren't going to say anything. I thought, but that I mean that may I may have read something wrong or misunderstood. But in my opinion, I, I mean I thought that was how it happened. Like because I think the cop said something about how they weren't going to talk talk to them about it. But I thought that was after they had heard that um, the charges were being dropped. I'm not sure if that's true. I may have read it wrong, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just the whole, the whole town. It, it it reminds me of Greenfield uh, so much after that whole thing. Um, of course, the, in Greenfield, the the victim was uh, uh, kind of kept a secret uh, to to most people. I mean, I, I'm sure everyone in the town knew, but as far as the media is concerned, we're not allowed to um, release that information, but uh, in this case, Daisy did come out, and then um, you know, so you get to this point where when other students are making homemade shirts to say like oh. Matt one Daisy zero, oh um, God, or but at the same time, there were other students that um, you know um, 
I mean, I mean, I have the article right here. It says during his senior night with the wrestling team, uh, Charlie was booed by some of the students. So I think there was which is kind the brother. Of, That's the brother. Yeah, sure. But I guess there is kind of a a weird stance on on both sides where there, there were supporters um, on, of course, the alleged rapist side in the town, and now it seems like there's this ton of support for Daisy outside um, on social media or, or what have you. Um, and and I think it's the saddest part that no one really knows, and and who knows if anybody ever, uh, never will really know what happened. Um, but no, I think it just hits hard because it's such a small town, and it obviously affects that town, but it affects everyone that went to that university. Even even though I give everyone such crap for uh, saying you know I really knew this town, I think it does affect all of us because. Uh, I mean, it is the the town that we went to. I think it will affect, uh, in some way, either positive or negative, enrollment at Northwest Missouri State, possibly enrollment at the University of Central Missouri, uh, where this Barnett kid goes now. Um, so, you know. Um, yeah, it's just a sad, sad situation all the way around. But uh, Just a dose of injustice but the sad part is that things like this happen all the time that don't get any media attention or that the media attention it does get is just so local that it never you know spreads out i mean i think if anything we need to take away from this is that you know things like this need to be taken seriously and people in powerful positions need to you know, not use it just to pull in favors with the police department. Right, you no know, abuse the, of power. The law needs to be respected regardless of where you come from. That would be nice if there wasn't a, a, an abuse of power, but that's never, right. it's never <laughs> not going to happen. I mean, you look at what's happening with, with Congress right now, and it just seems to be a dick-measuring contest between uh, <laughs> <Seriously>. you know, <laughs> different congressmen. It, it, it's silly. I mean, you look at it, and it, it basically looks like middle school. It's, uh, <laughs> well, I didn't... We should have done this because it'll make us look better, or we're not going to go along with what they want because, um, you know, that's not what we uh, what we believe. And then my biggest problem with it is personal opinions that get brought into play. Uh, in my opinion, in, in a perfect Congress, which will never ever happen, um, my views are: you don't get an opportunity to have a personal opinion when you're a congressman or a senator or what have you. Uh, your personal no one should give a shit about your personal opinion the way i look at it is you represent the people, the people. that yeah. are in your district um you should be representing their opinions and and what is best for your your people that you represent not necessarily oh i don't want this because i don't like harry reed or i don't like what obama has to say or uh, i don't like what john boehner has to say it should be what's best for your people uh, um, that you're representing or, or the American people as a whole. See, it and total, I just it think, totally should be, but it's not. And it never will and be. It, it never will be. Because um, uh, people are selfish. And well, they're selfish and they're also motivated by lobbyists and money and power and, and, and keeping their jobs instead of doing what's best for. Their job is to is to govern the American people. And instead, it it's more about, well, I got here now how do I keep my job instead of I got here how do I make things better right um and and honestly like I <laughs> a lot of people will tell me that I don't have any say in this because I don't vote 
But at the same time, I think voting is bullshit because what's it really going to change? I think, especially because the the president the presidency has become such a popularity contest. I don't think ninety percent of the people who voted for Obama didn't give two shits about his policies or know his policies for that matter. I think it all came down to either a and I, I hate saying this it makes me sound racist, but a because he's black or or b because they like the fact that he's black or c because he wasn't Mitt Romney. Well, there's, there's that's that too. Horse race. There's uh, there's that too. But <laughs> at the end of the day, the things that Obama has been into place, uh, uh, with the exception of uh, the Affordable Care Act, I refuse to call it Obama. Call it what the fucking act is, um, or the law is. Uh, besides that, which is the big thing. In, in the grand scheme of things, did anything really change from the eight years that Bush was in office to the five years that Obama's been in office? Not really a whole lot. Um, and if you if you really want to vote and make a, a change that you're going to see personally, um, get off your ass and vote for your your city council, local. your school board, yes. uh, your your local yes. government, because that's where you're going to see the biggest change. Because those State dipshits in 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 Washington aren't going to make any difference. Uh, it's just like you said, it's all popularity life. contest. It really all is. of it is. It's, it's all motivated And you have to do your money. local. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to make any changes. The fact that the fact that it's supposed to be uh, kind of this d- democracy is supposed to be, uh, <laughs> it's funny, but uh, democracy is supposed to be basically the same as the uh, uh, FUBU clothing model, which is for us, by us. The fact that it's supposed to be that, but at the same time, you have to be, uh, you already have to be uh, Harvard or, or uh, Yale or uh Stanford or, or one of those Ivy League colleges to be president, and then you already have to be a millionaire uh, to raise the kind of money to have a, a, a platform and to go out and campaign. The fact that you basically have to be an elitist anyway before you can even try to be president makes it seem like there's it, it's so disconnected from what the average American is. It doesn't seem like the average American can be represented uh, by the Congress. It just seems like there is. You talk about this 1% versus this 99%. The 1% are the people that were, were voting into Congress, and it's just the way that our system is set up. It's nothing that we can do about it. It's just the, the way that it is, and especially when, when money is filtering in with lobbyists and, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's just the, the whole system is flawed. Yep. It's all bullshit. Um so that's my that's my rant. I always have one every podcast. That's <laughs> that's my rant for the night. But uh Yeah. Let's talk about something happy. Yeah. <laughs> what's happy? What's what's been going on that's happy? Um That's a great question. It's been a really good week. I've hung out with good friends. Uh watched Halloween Town on Monday. Town. What? What up? I'm yeah. so jealous. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wish please. Well, I watched Hocus Pocus, <laughs> so yeah. If you came for the list. serious uh, political and current events portion of the podcast, you can turn it off at thirty-eight thirty, and the rest of it's just going to be Halloween Town and, and <laughs> just random shit. So, but that's, that's what this podcast is, man. Whatever we say is the show. Um, but um, no, the only, uh, uh, Monday. Monday was good. Um, yeah. You know, you know, Drew Van Dyke. Yeah. Uh, fellow journalist fellow local country boy um but no he came to town and we watched halloween town and and so do you really think he's a country boy no 
because um, he has a little bit of a little, a little twang, twang going. But uh, whenever I lived in Omaha, people said I was a hick. They're like, "Oh my gosh, listen to your Missouri accent; it's so hick." And I'm like, "I don't hear anything." I'm like, cool. "I was told crazy. I have a Missouri accent because I don't have an accent. Like it's just I don't or a Kansas City accent. Excuse me, because I don't have an accent, but I don't understand." Well, it's, this is this is middle America, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, and of course, you know, pro- everybody probably thinks this, but I feel like we really just don't have anything. I feel like yeah. it's, I mean, there Except are some. Except for St. Louis. St. Louis does have its own accent. Yeah, yeah I agree there. But <laughs> well, I don't know. I grew up in this area. It just seems like it's just very plain Jane, except for, you know, your older people who... I talk about the war, you know, it's, it's all. I, I grew up in, I grew up in Southwest Iowa, which, uh, should pretty much just be Northern Missouri anyway. Um, pretty much. But I, I grew up in a town of 1800 and I grew up in, with, with my grandparents who grew up on farms. Me, myself, I really didn't, but I grew up in a farming family. Um, but I went to Northwest Missouri State and I still got called a hick, despite the fact, uh, that I wear Ray-Ban glasses, sweaters, and skinny jeans and Tom shoes every goddamn day, uh, but for some reason I, I'm a hick that grew up on a farm. So yeah. it's because you're from Iowa. Uh, Everyone farms in Iowa. That's that's the <laughs> that's the general. I hope you noted the sarcasm misconception. And people in Missouri do myth. Well, there is that. <laughs> Iowa farms, Missouri people do myth. Yeah, clearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's quite a few low level Heisenbergs in Missouri. That's for sure. <laughs> but. Uh, Meth, man. Why do we always talk about meth? Every every show, it's it Missouri. comes it comes back to meth. Missouri is meth. Meth is Missouri. It's just I don't know. Just what are we like number two in the nation or number I one? I don't even, even? remember, I but I did know. see meth capital a while back on that. I Anyways, s- but that's fine. We don't have to talk about meth. Either. No, I just I, I don't know anything about meth. Either. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the statistics, but as far as like city is over i want to say like fifty thousand. i'd say st joe is probably the meth capital of missouri it used to be independence missouri oh that doesn't surprise me and kirksville kirksville was pretty big on meth for a little bit too walk into the hardies in downtown st joe and everyone (laughs) has meth mouth (laughs) describe meth mouth to me please meth mouth um (laughs) for our listeners too well if you if you see someone that has no teeth that's oh. meth mouth. Oh, yep, that is meth mouth. Um, or having like a couple of like little gangle tooths. <laughs> gangle tooths. Whatever. Toothies. That's my Missouri accent coming out. <laughs> and tafers. Yeah. Oh, um. Uh. Just. Just close your just close your eyes and imagine what oh, yeah, someone yeah. that has meth mouth looks gotcha. like. See, and then you say meth mouth though, and I'm picturing like someone freaking foaming at that's the mouth. What, yeah, it's, that's what <laughs> with, I like sores. But and then of course, as soon as he started talking about, it, I was like, oh well, yeah, of course the guys with no teeth and stuff. But yeah, but you say meth mouth, and I want to think, you know, just, like, just <laughs> no, well, foam. just close your eyes and imagine someone that has done a, a lot of meth. And then don't alter your first draft at all. That's pretty much what <laughs> oh, someone with so meth my mouth sister's face. Like. Ouch. Oh. <laughs> Let's not get into that. No. Nah. Uh, I just thought I'd throw that out. We didn't talk about your grandfather on the last podcast. We can talk about your sister on this one. That'd be fun. Sure. No. Just get it all out. No, that's fine. We'll just move on. Skip that. <laughs> no, I I, uh, I don't hate living in Missouri. I really do like Chillicothe. Everyone's super friendly. I just miss Nebraska a lot. I would even say, though, we were talking earlier about that small town culture. I see it here. 
You see, like, well, the, the click culture? Yeah. Yes. I was talking to my friend, one of my friends that's from out of here. Explain. Because, like, it's just a hard social culture to integrate yourself into. You can see the definite, like... The church runs Chillicothe. How many churches have we called just the past oh, yeah, few yeah, days? Oh, yeah, yeah, We're working just, on, like, a church you know, directory for uh, the CT. <laughs> I uh, didn't know that many churches there's, exist in a small town. There's honestly. a new one, Life Point. Then there's yes. Calvary. There's Baptist, uh, High View Baptist. There's Cornerstone. There's, like, 10. There's, like, 20. There's, like, there's oh, got to be, like, 10 Baptist churches. <laughs> like, may, maybe, like, seven Baptist churches. There's several Baptists. There's, like, the Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. There's the... I mean, I've never Southern Baptist, there's the, Catholic, there's the, Christian, there's New Reform. I am like, <laughs> I'd like to say I'm one of the least religious person people on the planet. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I just maybe it's because I'm so uh, disconnected from church life that I, I never noticed that the church ran Chillicothe. Well, this is pretty much how it goes. If you're rich in Chillicothe, you go to Cornerstone. That's how it is. You go to Cornerstone. If you're like more middle class, you're going to go to the Baptist churches. Okay, that's what that's, if you're middle class and not Baptist though. Then well, then there's... <laughs> you just don't, yeah. just don't go. <laughs> well, no, then you go to Cornerstone, but you sit up in the balcony where all the <laughs> teenagers sit. Oh. Pretty much is how you how how that goes, I would say. But, all right. <laughs> um, and then you've got, you know, there's... Uh, the Life Point is new, and my friend Brent actually runs that. It's They've only been in service a few weeks, but from what I gather, it's decent and they just i mean they just hold their services over here in the alaska house behind the library i mean that's the new one okay okay. yeah (laughs) but um i so i don't know anything about that yet you know it's actually a cult he just isn't telling you that's probably probably it i yeah (laughs) i don't (laughs) i've just never been a i mean i have that's not i'm not saying never i was i grew up in a very uh uh religious christian household non-denominational we went to this old like church in the country yep that my grandma had went to like her entire life um and i grew up with my grandparents so we got that bible thumping mentality for (laughs) years and years um and then it got to the point where we got a new pastor Uh a very old school pastor Uh yeah that's how it all starts change yep no 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 no. (laughs) they loved him the people that actually go to the church loved him my problem with him is that i grew up with a bisexual brother and all of a sudden Every sermon became homosexuals are bad. It was basically like a toned down version of Westboro Baptist Church. Mm. And that like it was like he came in when I was maybe like 17, 18, something like that. Um, So it was right around the time that I met my my father, who was born in Laos, Southeast Asian country, and then immigrated here, grew up Buddhist. And, And it was basically the two main principles of the church now are homosexuals are bad and anyone that's not a Christian is going to hell. Um, so my brother and my biological father are going to hell and that's when it was basically like, Oh wait, I'm pretty sure that everything you say is bullshit. And from then on, I just have not been religion, religious. And it took my own church to make me realize that I think everything they're saying is bullshit. And, uh, at least that part, at least those two main principles of, uh, what my church became is all bullshit to me. Well, get, getting back to the, clicks of chill coffee yeah. how i said church runs the run, runs the town basically is um well okay so the rich go to cornerstone and i can tell you that because one of them runs woody's multi-billion dollar man oh we've got I know you're talking about we've got um i mean 
tons of business owners here in town are rich. They go to Cornerstone. We've got um, the guy who owns Community Press. We've got, um, gosh, there's just tons more, and I can't think of any right off the top of my head. But, I mean, any big establishment here in town, you know, is they, they go to Cornerstone. They run this town, and then it's, I, I don't know. I just think that's how how it is. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, and like I said, I could it could just be because I'm so disconnected from from the church um, and I've never really got involved with the churches here other than the fact that I've done some stories on churches. I'm doing stories on churches now. Um, but my personal life, I'm not really, you know, I don't really worry about the churches. I've never really noticed that. And everyone has seemed uh, relatively friendly. I don't know. There's something about, even though I only live, like Chillicothe is what? an hour away from the Iowa border. Um, and even though it's, it's, there's not much of a difference between Southern Iowa and, and Northern Missouri, I was still fearful that there was going to be this just gigantic racism in Chillicothe when I moved here <laughs> and everybody's so super fricking friendly. So I've never, I've never really closet racism. You know, That's I mean, all yeah. Well, <laughs> there is <laughs> that a lot exists of that everywhere though, honestly, yeah. but I'm, I wasn't necessarily saying that Chillicothe has clicks. It's just, Everyone is kind of like already formed into their social sure, groups. Sure. Or they, you know, they have their acquaintances. It's kind of hard to integrate yourself. And I don't know, maybe I'm experiencing that a little differently than you are. But to me, I just, to find people around our age and to try to form <laughs> friendships, I am dying. I, <laughs> I have no idea where I would even start to go. These like kids that. in their mid-20s in Chillicothe that don't exist. Yeah, I yeah. feel like they, they're they just non-existent. I found, like, four of them. I'm one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, now that we're friends, New you friends. know, yay. But, uh... I just, there yeah, are I, very few, and... Well, I think you know. the nice thing about... Uh, and maybe I'm tricking myself into thinking that I'm making friends. But the, but the nice <laughs> thing about... You are. Him. That's <laughs> not what I meant. The nice thing about the CT is that... You guys are dicks. The, <laughs> the nice thing about the CT is that I, I do meet a lot of people every day. I wouldn't consider them like close personal friends, but I do get a, a chance to meet people every day. And it is nice to go into Hy-Vee or go into a restaurant or, or go watch a movie and you see somebody that you recognize or someone that recognizes you. So that is nice. Um, I just want to eat in peace. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, aren't you Brenda Phillips' daughters? Like, oh, God, Yeah. Are we going to talk for 20 minutes? Or am I going to be able to can eat I my food? Can I just eat my burger? <laughs> can I just eat? Yeah, I see. I'm so different. I love talking to people. I, I want people to interrupt me. But at the same time, I also want to be super famous, and that comes along with it. <laughs> I've, I've never I've never wanted anything more than to be famous. I don't even want money. I just want people to know who I am. And that's still like this. That's like the nine-year-old in me that's like, yeah, I cannot wait to be famous. And I don't want to be. Still. No, it's not even that. I want to be. I want to be a famous print like newspaper journalists. You know how fucking silly that sounds? Who reads newspapers anymore? No offense to newspaper journalists like myself and Callie. No one reads newspapers anymore. I can't even get any. I want to be a famous. I know to read my articles. I want to be a famous Oops. print journalist. I don't even <laughs> want to be like a famous radio disc jockey or a famous like on air talent like Anderson Cooper. No, I want to be, I want to be famous where people don't know my face. How silly that sounds. I have a cousin that works for the New York Times. There you go. There you go. <laughs> See, she a girl cousin? Boy. Oh. Old boy. Oh, okay. I, I was hoping I, could, like I, was hoping I could just marry him and get into the New York Times that way. I don't, think you, should, I don't think you can do that. Can you? New York? Wait, aren't they? 
Didn't they pass a... Oh, no, no, no. I was just hoping it was a girl so I could get in. So I, they, she could just put in a, word, a good word at the New York Times for me. Well, That's all I'm I saying. could probably... My grandma actually could probably do that, but... I am not nearly... My, my grandma's also racist and you oh, are Asian, good. so Great. it's like, I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, if we're being honest, my grandmother's racist and I lived 18 years with her, so... Well, but she loves you. Mm, it's debatable. But uh, I don't think she would have reared you for 18 years if she didn't love you <laughs> on some level. It's also... Right. That's the, uh, I've always heard that's the weirdest phrase. You reared me. So, I mean, we were said it. talking about oh, rape culture right. for 38 minutes. Um, <laughs> no, I think... Um, <laughs> I, I've waited my whole life to do that. I shouldn't I shouldn't have said that. But no, but... <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Oh, no. As, as completely, as completely cocky, uh, fake cocky, <laughs> as I am about my uh, skills, there's no way that I'm good enough to work for uh, the New York Times. I'm not good enough to work for the St. Joe News Press, for that matter. Getting over that. <laughs> 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 oh, that was I impressive. am the punniest person alive. That was excellent. I just can't even. Should have been here for uh, <laughs> for uh, Halloween Town on Monday. Oh. <laughs> Someone said "bitch please" to a bunch of witches, so I turned it around to "witch please." Nice. And then we hashtagged it because that's what <laughs> that's what nerd journalists do is hashtag everything. Yeah. That's pretty much also what you know, nerd digital marketing people do <laughs> i think that was the first time that i've ever sat in a group of four journalists that weren't working on some sort of journalism project together Except for we all got on our phones and tweeted so oh, that. that's <laughs> journalists can't stand and not be connected for more than 10 minutes and see you would think that dating uh engaged to even a uh, a fellow journalist would understand uh my uh my concern to be connected to social media at all times i still get a lot of shit for it so. it's okay to have that kind of addiction i mean that's the only thing i just want to know what people are doing i am addicted to the internet uh being in colorado without internet almost killed me but uh really? i would i loved it i when i went to colorado i just left my phone just at my friends couldn't do that most of the couldn't time and just kind of <sighs> i love breaks like that though see that makes me a weird journalist see, i guess but i I, know, I, I would breaks. have to be like, oh my god, I have to Instagram that. Oh my god, I have to Instagram that. Oh yep. my god, a mountain. Like, I would, yeah. No, I did <laughs> I mean, that a lot. I did take a I lot of photos lot. on my phone, like on the drives and stuff, like to and from where I stayed. But just during the day when I was hanging out with everybody, I just kind of dropped my phone. I couldn't there. do it. Yeah. Couldn't. I, I'm one of those people that in the back of my mind, I feel like everything I do is like the most important thing in the world. Like I run a, a uh, you really do though. Look I at do. your Facebook feed. Yeah, I run oh a I run a creative uh, creative writing a creative writing group through Facebook um, that does things like every Sunday night, and and we all get together and um, and I, I for some reason I think it's the most important thing in the world. And and since I run that, then there's a lot of, a lot of questions. I get a lot of messages from that. So um, there's this. There's this side of me that feels like I need to be connected um, with that whole group um, at all times. And then Facebook is the only way to be in contact with any of them uh, since a lot of – I mean, there's a couple from the UK. There's a couple from Canada. Um, so I, I feel like I need to be connected to some sort of social media at all time. I always have to know what's going on. I, I think – I don't know if it's just uh, just my personality or the fact that I'm a journalist or whatever I want to blame it on. Uh, I think there's part of me that has to know what's going on at all times. All um, I know is that you update your Facebook status more than any human being on the entire planet. 
This is true, guys. I, don't I think know a if lot of it. True, I've never seen anyone update their status as much as Austin. Of does. all of my friends, I will say you definitely update your status more than anyone I know. Thanks. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it comes from the fact that I don't have a whole lot of uh, like friends here in town. So posting on on Facebook, it sounds really stupid. It sounds very like. It sounds very like a millennial and, and generation and Y and, and very needy. But uh, I don't have a whole lot of friends in town. Um, so posting a shit ton of Facebook statuses and then like all my friends back from Nebraska or Iowa or from college, uh, liking and commenting and, and having a discussion on whatever I'm posting. That's kind of my way of uh, keeping in contact with them. It's as sad as it sounds. It is sad. It is really sad. I don't think it's sad. I just think it's like I get on my Facebook and I'm like, my God, what is happening? I just don't want people to forget. Like, I just don't want people yeah. to forget about me. That's well, all. I, I guess I would kind of agree with that. I mean, I don't know. That's how I am with texting, though. Like I yeah. text people all the time. <laughs> Nobody ever texts me. <laughs> I'll text you. I just, uh, I just, I need to be connected with people because. I don't know. Maybe it's just this has been my rant for the week. I guess here I'll go on a rant, but yes. I, you know, <clears throat> buckle up, guys. <laughs> hey, no, it's not going to be that bad. But no, coming out of college, you're used to being around people mm-hmm. and around, like, just subjected to this very social environment. And then I came directly from that to here, where I know very few people, and I'm just like, help me, I need to talk. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> why. And I just that's get my so thing lonely too. all the time, and that's the saddest thing I think I've ever said. But it's just true. Like, I... Chill a coffee miss, brings that out in people. I it miss does. college so Ugh. much. And I was telling someone the other day, like, those are my glory days, as if they were, like, ten years ago. No, and I think <laughs> that's... Like, that's what I said to you. Like, I hated college in and of itself i hated the culture i hated the fact that i had to go to college and feel like i had to drink or party and i fell into that my freshman year i hated classes i hated going to classes um i hated just the 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 idea of college i hated that the frats ran everything i hate that i fell into that my senior year and performed hip-hop music at a frat party uh i really all right I really <laughs> didn't, I really didn't like college at all, but I met a lot of cool people. So you, you get pulled out of this environment where every single friend you have is in the same town of like less than 12,000 people. Exactly. It's awesome. And then you come here and you know nobody. And then like when I, when I lived in Lincoln, Nebraska, every person I knew worked in the same call center. So all of my friends were at like an arm's reach at all times. And then I come here and I think, I think me being, I, I, I've called myself this, my friends have called me this, I'm the friendliest journalist, journalist on the planet. Uh, every time someone comes in, I'm like, yes, your story, even if it's the most boring shit ever, the most boring shit I've ever reported, you gotta make it is feel the special. most important story I've ever written, and I make it seem that way. And I think it's just because I'm trying to cultivate this new group of like, yeah, all of my friends are in Chillicothe, and it's just not working. Uh, <laughs> there's not enough people my age here. Well, I I had kind of a similar situation. Like, I mean, I was born and raised, you know, around here, and, you know, I I felt like it was here that I was like, you know, oh my gosh, my friends are all in an arm's right. length and, and all this stuff. And then I went to Omaha where I knew absolutely no one. And, but I mean, you know, with time, I, you know, I grew to know people and, and stuff like that. But, um, all, I'm not going to say all, but some of my friends up there were completely fake. 
Like, sure. how many people have I talked to that, from Omaha that um, that I was, like, best friends with, you know, that since college? I haven't talked to hardly any of them. And now that I'm back, I really know, like, you know, who my friends are. Like, I've got a very close group of friends. And, you know, we all have lives. And so it's like, you know, when can we hang out? When we, can we do anything? And that's hardly ever. But, I mean, I, I had a different situation. Like... I feel like my high school days were the glory days, and now oh god, it's like <laughs> that was. I mean, that was my my glory because days. That's what I thought. No, of it's way, such Jose. a small school. I had fourteen kids in my class. I don't know if you knew that, but wow. fourteen kids, everybody was a rock star. Yeah. Like well, I mean, yeah, it was just everybody was a rock star. We all loved each other. We were a family. We had been together since we were little bitty. You know, like we were a family. Sure. And then I went off, which I mean, I wanted to get out of here. Don't get me wrong. But I went off and tried to make that family up there, and that just really didn't happen. And uh, come back, and partial family is still here, you sure. know? <laughs> Talking about the the click mentality of uh, of Chillicothe or a small town, uh, and I don't think it's really a click mentality. I think it's just the fact that everyone knows everyone in Chillicothe. The nice thing about college, any college, pick a college, it doesn't matter. The nice thing about college is I was going to college to make a bunch of new friends, and so were 7,500 other people. Like, everyone that goes to college is trying to meet new people. Exactly. You come here and you get, like, transplanted into this tiny little small town where everyone already knows anybody, and it's just kind of like, all right, who's this kid trying to get into our little circle? But uh, uh, I think I think if every person that lived in Chillicothe ate lunch at Boji Stone, I'd be friends with every single person in Chillicothe. I got food poisoning from Boji Stone. Oh, don't tell me that. Don't get the shrimp. Don't, well, first of all, don't, don't shrimp. eat shrimp. Why? Yeah. I'm allergic to fish. Oh, well, oh, that sucks yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah, like very allergic. That and peas. So my like shrimp. tuna noodle casserole with peas in it is, it's my kryptonite. I will, <laughs> it, it, it's a, it'll be a slow painful very very whiny death every other type of fish and peas yep (laughs) fish and peas fish and peas that's weird in the dark yeah and the oh my god (laughs) oh my god i I might as well be allergic i think i am allergic to the dark because something something chemical happens in my body when the lights suddenly go off um i mean i feel like that that's kind of a metaphor for the unknown that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And no one's ever explained it to me like that. It's exactly what it is. It's because when the lights are on, I know exactly what I'm facing. I know exactly what's going on. When the lights turn off, I have well, no idea the, what's coming on. It's the same thing as you're not afraid of the dark. You're afraid of what's in the dark. It's the but same thing. That's my metaphor I'm afra- for life right now, I'm afraid of right not now, knowing though. what's in the dark. <laughs> that's well, that's my metaphor for yeah. life right now, though. Like, in college, everything was mapped out, you know? Yeah. I was talking to someone about this earlier and trying to get advice on why I'm suddenly so freaked out about my life. It's because for the past, like, you know, kindergarten through senior year of college, everything was mapped out. You had assignments. Your end goal was to get a career. Mm -hmm. And then you just get, you start in the workforce and you're like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where I want to end up. Who am I really? (laughs) Where am I going? What's going to happen to me? And you have no idea. And that is the most terrifying thing to me whatsoever. Hey, Callie. Hey, Austin. Fucking A. <laughs> what? No, I completely agree. <laughs> it's no, true. No, even, even the stuff that you didn't know what was going to happen in college, you were like, whatever. It was, it's it's so, going to come, yeah, and it's exactly, going to be great, and exactly. it's awesome. It doesn't matter, because you're in school. all this preparation, and I'm still in school right now, and it's going to prepare me for it's everything. So, no, it did not. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny to study a freshman in college, 
and a, like a, like a first semester freshman in college and a last semester senior in college. Um, Shit's terrifying. Fir- yeah, exactly. Oh a gosh. first semester Ugh. freshman in college is like, yes, I came here to be an accountant or I came here to be a journalist or a teacher and I'm going to be the best of whatever I want to be that I can possibly be. And then you get a senior, like a, like a second semester you're senior, as as you and you're like, I, I am the worst accountant, <laughs> journalist, teacher ever. I have no idea where I'm going to work, and this is the most terrifying shit I've ever experienced. Yes. I, yeah, I thought senior semester, last semester, senior year was terrifying. Just be, I'm like, I cried all the time. I'm like, I'm never going to get a job. I'm never going to find anything. And then I found it, and I'm like, but is this what I want? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What do I really want? And it's I like, mean, I'm sitting here with you guys right now, and we're just doing a podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. First time I did this, like I was telling you guys earlier, I thought about changing my profession to being a disc jockey just after one yeah, session, man. just sitting here talking awesome. and whatever. And I'm just like, I don't have any idea what I want to do with my life. And it's like, but I'm done with preparation. We should know is what I should know by now. And I don't. I was a radio disc jockey for a while as a news director at a radio station. And I hated it. I love this so much more. A, I can say whatever I want. B, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to tailor, yeah, that too. Austin Uncensored. The nice thing is I don't have to tailor, uh, whatever my news content is to please, uh, ad directors. There was a lot of uh, businesses that I couldn't do stories on because they were our advertisers, even if they're, what they were doing was newsworthy in a negative sense. Um, so this is much nicer. And I don't have to push as many buttons. It's nice. (laughs) But, uh, I love uh, pushing buttons. Both metaphorically and, and, uh, and in real life, actually pushing buttons and then pushing people's buttons. Speaking of pushing yes. buttons, <laughs> literal, literally. literal buttons. Um, whenever I was very little, I was probably like three or four, and this is totally off subject, so just be ready for that. Because <laughs> yeah, um, I was like Hold three up. or four, and we were at a funeral for my great uncle, and we were at graveside. And, and already tells us it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> it's it's so great. Austin this, and I just stared a glance. <laughs> anyways, so we were at graveside, and I was standing next you know, to the casket area because I was family and, and all that. And I saw a button and I'm four years old. I'm curious as hell. I needed to push that button (laughs) and I did. And the casket started lowering into the ground in the middle of the service. I knew that. And I I immediately knew what had happened, even as a four year old. And I hurried (laughs) up and I pushed that button and it stopped. And I shit you not the entire the entire place was dead silent for like three seconds, and then there was just an outburst of laughter. I'm sorry, just but this dead silence? Dead really? silence. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Then, good, yeah. Hey, good catch. <laughs> yes. Two sections, 20 pages. Good catch. And um, so, yeah, and then there was just total laughter, and my great aunt, she just, <laughs> she lost it. She thought it was the funniest thing ever, and then my mom took me behind the car door and beat me senseless. Here's the thing. I was just going to say, here's the thing. Yes, here's I, the, I was just going to say oh that. Let's say, let's say that, like, my, like, I was married. My wife died, and we're at her funeral, and you put your button for a brief moment, I would hate a four-year-old for just just that little bit of time. I would legitimately hate a four-year-old <laughs> just what for that little bit. But then it would, the yeah. Then it really would. And here's the thing: I think we, I was just listening to this on uh, Pete Holmes' podcast. He talks about emotions and shit. And it's awesome. Um, I think emotions they were. They, I think those. they were so overcome with emotion that that probably broke the broke everyone and made it funny and and made it a lot more lighthearted for example uh my grandfather passed away on the night of my best friend's uh wedding he was at the wedding i was djing the wedding the last thing and it's i'll probably cry but the last thing he said to me was goodbye austin because he was leaving 
the uh, the the wedding. So uh, my pastor from the church comes back. The guy who I despise now comes back and he's like, "Hey, you need to come with us." Um, your grandparents or your, your, he said grandmother, which was weird because they always say grandparents as a plural. My, your grandmother wants you to come home with us. And I thought it was because I had been drinking a lot at the wedding. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was because they didn't want me in this weird emotional state when I drove myself to the hospital. So we, we get there and everything. And of course, at first I'm freaking out. My grandfather's dead. I'm, I'm with my entire family, bawling my eyes out. And then, then I just take a seat, like, probably five feet away from my father who's still fresh. I've never, it was my first time feeling a dead body that still feel like a human. Do you know what I mean? Because usually like they're embalmed and they're like rock hard. and dead bodies. Yeah. I have, but. But um, it was, it was weird. Like I was sitting in a chair, just like sipping water, trying to calm myself down. And I just started laughing like a really weird, like Joker from the dark (laughs) night kind of laugh. It was really awkward and maniacal. I think it's just the fact that like, I was so overwhelmed that yeah. my brain just couldn't take being sad any longer. And I just started laughing and it was the creepiest thing. Like I could not stop laughing. So here I am just bawling my eyes out for like a solid two hours, just crying, overcome with emotion, a little bit drunk in a full suit because I was the DJ of my best friend's <laughs> wedding and just sitting there just laughing as hard as the hardest I've ever laughed. And it was five feet away from my dead grandfather, like hours after he died, it was the craziest thing. And, um, and I, and I was never able to explain it until I listened to that, that podcast. And, and I think it it is just the fact that I'm, I was so overwhelmed with emotion that I just, my brain was like, all right, you got to stop being sad for a minute and just laugh your ass off about nothing. Like there was nothing funny happening, uh, in probably a hundred foot radius. Nothing My situation was funny. Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's kind of sucked for a second. People are like, "What is happening?" I mean, I'm but sure then it was just total sure it sucked polarity. for you getting oh, yeah, the shit kicked I, out I of you later. But uh, yeah. Yep, I don't remember that actually. Like I remember getting taken behind the car, car door and then things black, it's dead, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> oh, oh wow, that's kind of sad. No, I, I, I deserved think- it. I think the human mind, God, sometimes I wish I'd studied psychology, honestly. But the human mind is just really crazy. And I feel like if I had studied psychology, it might have driven me crazy. Mm. But, like, everyone responds to emotional situations differently, which I find so intriguing. Some people laugh. Some people cry and go into, like, you know, a really serious depression. Some people you know, depending on the age, may block out traumatic memories that they, you know, the brain says, you're not ready to handle this. You're never, you're not going to remember this. Like, Story it's of just, my life. It's interesting. <laughs> like, honestly, my grandfather died when I was, I mean, I think I was 11. I was either 10 or 11. Um, but I don't remember quite a bit of that day. I know where I was the entire day, and mm-hmm. I don't really remember much of the funeral or anything like that either. But... Even at that age, shortly after, like, it just was such a blur to me. Like, I just, I blocked it out. And I know, I know I cried a lot. I remember that morning I saw my dad cry for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. I've ever seen him, you know, break down like that. But just flickers of that, you know, that time period. Yeah, I, um... Yeah, I I worked at a radio station uh, during the time that my grandfather died. And, uh... I feel like I I don't know. I probably didn't give myself enough time to like mourn 
the death of basically my father figure because I grew up with my grandparents. Uh, I went back to work the next day after we buried my grandfather and read his obituary on the air uh, live. So that was fun. That was a ton of fun. It doesn't sound uh, like fun. No, it was, it was really shitty. But, um, yeah. So that I, and I, like I, yeah, like you said, if I would have studied psychology and tried to learn more about the human mind, which is still the biggest mystery to anyone and anyone who thinks right. they understand how the brain works is a, either a moron or they're crazy or both. Um, <laughs> I don't have the attention span to study psychology. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I couldn't do it. Study anything remotely scientific. And that's why I went to art college. Yeah. So I could paint <laughs> all day. The nice that's thing about this it. podcast is it's basically free therapy. Uh, yeah. I have probably shared more stories about my life. I'm sure. Well, because of my former uh, co-host for uh, uh, the BAB4 podcast, the one that I did in Nebraska before I moved here, um, because he is such a pervert and likes to talk about his penis all the time. Of course, I had to talk about my penis. So I'm sure like anyone that listened to that podcast. That's hilarious. Yeah. though. talk about your penis. It's funny. Like, well, I don't have one. Well, no, thanks for not, looking at me. No, Taylor. I was just saying <laughs> it's funny. But I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone that listened to that podcast, the 10 of you that listened to that podcast, I'm sure you know how many people I've slept with. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can get a good idea of what I'm like in bed. Like, I've shared more about myself on this podcast. I'm sorry, yeah, really I know. Yeah, exactly. I, we shared more about ourselves oh. in, uh, in weekly two-hour episodes than uh, than than any any other friend or anything. I don't I don't know what it is, but like there's a lot of things I won't tell uh, won't tell people if we're just face to face. But you get a, a microphone in front of me and potential millions of listeners, billions of listeners. It's on the internet; anyone can access it. Um, and yeah, I'll share anything about myself. It's your subconscious that's, need to be famous. That's one it of is. brilliant and too. terrifying things about the internet, though. Like I found solid in like blogging for a little while I yeah. loved it I had to have a blog for um, we had to have our like own idea for some uh, I don't even remember what the theme was behind the blog but I chose Harry Potter go figure yes. I'm the biggest Harry Potter nerd. I, I have the sword of Gryffindor in my room as we speak I just, I have a that. Harry Potter snuggie okay That's let's legit. just okay. moving on I I blogged about this and like I just like shared some emotional things about my like connection with the series. I mean, I had people from freaking Russia and like just Asian countries looking at my blog. I had I and it was the craziest thing and I was like, "Yeah, this is really cool." And I'm like, "How many people are actually reading my thoughts and emotions? Like people could have so much dirt on me and not even know what I look like. Like yeah. that is terrifying." It is terrifying, but my thing is uh, because of the internet, because of whatever, people are going to find out anything and everything they want to find out about me anyway. So cut out the middleman. Just give it all to them. Yep. Um, I mean, that's the way I looked at it. And there's a lot of people that uh, will, will be completely different. And I, I, a lot of private people that didn't want to get into their personal lives when we had them on the podcast. Um, but then we had some, some really cool guests too. I mean, my, my brother was on there to talk about what it was like kind of growing up bisexual in a very, very conservative part of the country. Uh, and then we also had like a recovering alcoholic come on and talk about her story as well. So we, I mean, we had people that opened up and, and, and shared stories and I, I, it was, um, yeah, I mean, I want to get back to that mindset where I can just be open about anything and it's not just sex or not just, 
that part of my life, but uh, <laughs> stories from the past and and stuff that maybe I've forgot ab- gotten about or or need to um, need to forget about. Um, for some reason, my ex girlfriend got brought up on almost every podcast, and that just not does not need to happen anymore. <laughs> but just uh, but well. Yeah. yeah, but there was like did. intimate details about my past relationships that don't need to get brought up um, <laughs> and should not get brought up. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it helped me uh, either dig things up that uh, I should hold on to because uh, they were fond memories and, and help me get rid of things that uh, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't talk about anymore. So I get all my feels out on Tumblr. It's a beautiful, Man. wonderful place where nobody judges you. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Tumblr is unicorns and rainbows. Oh like, my god, I love it is it. the internet version. <laughs> of inter- I do not tumble really, or stumble upon for that matter. Oh, I Anything? used to stumble all the so time, good. but tumbling is just—it's so good. Oh, it's it's wonderful, and I can get tumbling, all my nerd out. Yeah, if you want to feel good about yourself, join Tumblr. Like, dear God, it's it's it hmm. might be like as bad as YouTube is, is how good Tumblr is. It's just that nice. Uh, no one will judge you for anything. Everyone loves you on Tumblr. We have a Tumblr, by the way, austinuncensored.tumblr.com, facebook.com slash austinuncensored, and uh, twitter.com at austinpodcast. Is it <laughs> sad that I don't know what my own Tumblr is? I don't... I... No, maybe. Oh, wait, it's B-Phillips. Holla. That's mine. B-Phillips. B-Phillips. Where can they find you on Twitter? Since we're, Bailey we're, underscore 2009. We're going to wrap this up. Bailey underscore 2009? Yeah. I always forget my Twitter. <laughs> the work Isn't one? Callie, Callie underscore, underscore CT News. CT News. Thank you, Austin, for knowing mm. my life. Check me out at Buckner underscore CT News. Once again, uh, Facebook.com slash Austin Uncensored. Uh, Twitter.com at Austin Podcast. And then our official blog on Tumblr, the most amazing website in the world, AustinUncensored.tumblr.com. This has been the Austin Uncensored Podcast. I'm Austin Buckner. I'm Callie Price. I'm Bailey Phillips. And uh, thank you guys for listening to the first podcast, and we'll be back next week uh, with another fun-filled, emotional, uh, ranty, uh, fire-fueled episode. Roller coaster. Uh, roller coaster ride of a podcast. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>